Good morning. We welcome you to this assembly, and we say to you right in the very beginning that if you are interested in hearing the truth of God's Word, we intend to respond to that interest. If you are committed to knowing who Jesus Christ is and to become familiar with what He did for you and what He expects of you and to be a follower of Jesus Christ every day, we believe you're in the right place. I want to start this morning with Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. The title of this sermon is God's Signature. And what is meant by that will be clear as we read from His Word. Psalms chapter 19, <clears throat> I'm reading verses 1 through 6. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Sometimes I watch a television series on the History Channel called Pawn Stars about transactions in a pawn shop. And I understand there is a lot of drama built into the show, but beyond that there are interesting accounts of historical artifacts, antiques, and what is called collectibles. People bring in these items to sell, and a discussion ensues, and an appraisal is followed by an offer, and then sometimes a sale. Do you realize how valuable a signature is? Once authenticated, signatures can yield thousands of dollars, and we sometimes use the term autographs. There is a Dallas Morning newspaper that has the authentic signature of President John F. Kennedy. And the last time it changed ownership, the price was $39,000. There is a baseball signed by Babe Ruth. If authenticated and in good condition, it goes for a quarter of a million dollars or more. In our economy, we allocate great value to the signatures of famous historical figures. I'll give you one more. The signature of George Washington on the document, The Acts of Congress, at last bid, was $9.8 What could be more important? What autograph? What signature 
holds the greatest value for us. It is God's signature. You cannot purchase it. You cannot put it up for auction or trade it, but you can recognize it. You can honor the one who made his mark for us to behold and for us to respond to. Here's what I mean. The universe displays God's signature. Listen to some of this again from the 19th Psalm. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Then it says in verse 2, Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Now, when you look at that text, I want you to give attention to the words used by the writer. Declare. Proclaim. There is a phrase, pours out speech. Reveals knowledge. This is what the universe does. The existence and operation of the universe bears the signature of God's existence and God's power. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And this is echoed in the New Testament. I'm turning in the book of Romans to chapter 1. Paul in Romans makes the same point. He makes the same affirmation that is written in the 19th Psalm. Listen, please, in Romans 1, 18 through 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. The evidence is all around us. The evidence is all around us of design. And here's something very simple. Where there is design, there is always a designer. See, nobody is justified in their atheism. Nobody in this audience, nobody outside of here, nobody is justified in their atheism because of the volume of evidence that we have of design. You may remember this is something I've used before. It has a humorous element to it, but humor is not the point. You'll see the point as we go through it. Atheism has been defined as the belief that there was nothing 
and nothing happened to nothing, and then nothing magically exploded for no reason, creating everything. And then a bunch of everything magically rearranged itself for no reason whatsoever into self-replicating bites, which then turned into dinosaurs. That makes perfect nonsense, doesn't it? We believe atheism makes no sense. Did you know that our English word evidence comes from a Latin verb that means to see? Paul in this Romans passage and the writer in Psalms 19 are saying, you can see the evidence that there is a God. It is clearly perceived. <coughs> God has shown it to them. The material universe, it can be said, carries God's signature. Isaiah 40 and verse 28, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Scripture bears the signature of God. I'm turning to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We're going to listen to for the second time this morning. It is commonly considered to be a very special thing to have a book with the author's personal signature. I have a few books in my library signed by the author. There are book signings when books are released. People get there early and stand in line to get the signature of the author. Ladies and gentlemen, in terms of evidence and authenticity, the Bible bears God's signature. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, you cannot get through a day, you cannot get through day-to-day -day life without some standard to measure things, to know what is right and wrong, to discern the information that is impacting your life, to make good choices, to be motivated and to have hope as you face death. God knows exactly what we need. And His response to that need is, He breathed out Scripture, which is profitable. That means necessary. It is essential to equip preachers and teachers and inform everybody of the Creator's standard. And everywhere you go in Scripture, God's signature is there. He caused Moses to document the work of creation. David and the prophets wrote about Christ long before His birth. Solomon tells us about life under the sun, taking us to the conclusion to fear God and keep His commandments. Who is Jesus Christ? God tells us through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
What must I do to be saved? The book of Acts gives God's answer. And then, how am I to navigate life under the sun, to honor God and go to heaven? What do I do after I'm baptized? Read everything after the book of Acts, and as you do, I believe you'll recognize that every part of it bears the signature of God. God is answering our need for information, for instruction. God is giving us what is useful to get through this life and to prepare for another. And as you read what He gave, you recognize His signature everywhere. The cross bears the signature of God. And by that I mean Christ's death for us was the powerful working of God to satisfy His justice, His response to sin, and to provide a way for us to get out of sin. Two passages speak to this in such a clear way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Romans 5 in verse 8, God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God used what men intended as Christ's defeat as our victory over sin. Here's the way Peter describes it in 1 Peter 3.18. Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. It was the only way for us to be redeemed out of sin and brought to God clean. Because of our sin, we have nothing to offer. This says that we are classified as unjust. It took the just, perfect, sinless Son of God to be put to death in the flesh and made alive in the Spirit in order for us to get out of sin and go to heaven. And all of this was the working of God. It bears His signature. The resurrection of Christ bears the signature of God. Do we know how important the resurrection of Christ is? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Well, Christ's resurrection from the dead is a historical fact. And it was the working of the power of God. Over and over as the apostles proclaimed the gospel, as reported in the book of Acts, the resurrection of Christ was affirmed in connection always with God's power. In Acts 2 and verse 24, God raised Him up. 
In Acts chapter 3 and verse 15, Peter speaks to those who participated in the crucifixion. And he says, you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. The same in Acts 5.30 and in Acts 13.34. God did it by His power and for our salvation. The resurrection, folks, is not about colored eggs and fancy clothes and bunny rabbits. The resurrection is about what the Bible says God did to defeat the powers of evil, get Christ to His right hand, and provide a way for us to be saved. And every single Lord's Day, when we come together here, we are mindful of, and we remain convinced of, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And we partake of the Lord's Supper as we did this morning, every first day of the week. And we live between those first days of the week as people who have been buried with Christ in baptism and raised with Him to seek those things that are above. The late Marty Pickup said, 2,000 years ago, the disciples of Jesus publicly proclaimed that their teacher had conquered death by being resurrected. They affirmed this notion in the one place on earth where it could, if false, be readily disproved. Yet the opponents of Christianity never produced the body. Three days after his burial, Jesus was no longer in his tomb. His followers put their lives on the line by claiming that he was alive again and that they had seen him. And these historical facts stand today as powerful evidence of the truth of Jesus' resurrection. And I will add that it also bears the signature of God. Now, what do we do about all this? What do we do now? God has made Himself accessible to us. His signature is everywhere. The evidence is, Paul said, clearly seen in what Jesus did and in what the results were for the people who responded to the cross. And as we continue to explore day by day and in our classes and sermons the written word, it is more than just God wanting to get our attention our boast of His power. He wants us to get out of sin through the cross and then after that to love and serve Him. It is, folks, this simple. Hearing the gospel of Christ, you believe what the New Testament writers said about who He was and what He did. You turn from your sin 
confessing your faith in Christ, you can be buried with Christ in baptism to arise, to walk in a new life. Why not begin now while we stand together to sing?